Hello, I'm Jacqueline Hellier and welcome to the Tantric Lounge. This is the 13th and final show in our second series. So welcome and welcome to my co-host, Xavier Watercane. Good morning, evening, world, wherever you happen to be, <laughs> because we're living in a 24-7-365. We are indeed. Global economy. It's mid-morning here in sunny Sydney. It's a beautiful autumn day. Yes, which feels more like early spring because we just seem to be having an endless summer. Yay, bring on global climate change. No. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> This is a positive thing to be had for today's topic of conversation mm. brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Lelo. Yes. Um, the makers of refined sexual objet. Yes. For adding extra wonderfulness to your bedroom encounters. Well, also. Electrically, not necessarily. No, no, Lelo, not at all. Of, yes, a lot of Lelo products do actually are not electronic but oh, more electric. beautiful sensual products yes, as well exactly, which yes. you can explore by going to lelo.com l-e-l-o.com mm. at your leisure maybe while you're even listening to this program um today's topic of conversation is for those of you who were expecting the future of sex we apologize yes uh because the guest that we we're going to have on the program is unfortunately overseas at the moment he was called away at short notice but we're hoping to have him on in a future program and we need to apologise because apology is one of the most important parts of etiquette about it is politeness. And that's the topic of today's program, mm. sexual etiquette, being polite. Yes. And since you came up with this idea, Xavier. Oh, yes, it was my idea. It was your idea. And I think it's a very important idea. So perhaps you can explain to the listeners, or I can interview you for a change. <laughs> oh, okay. What is etiquette? Etiquette. A lot of people have a misconception about etiquette. Mm. They think that it's about formality and it's about hypocrisy. Right. Etiquette, to me, means politeness. It means mm -hmm. respecting another person's being and their boundaries. Right. Now, the, pro the problem is that etiquette seems to have gone out of fashion in recent decades. And I think it started in the 1960s. Which is when, in fact, free love and the sexual yes. revolution happened. Yes, because free love was all about breaking down the barriers of what was perceived quite rightly so as mm. sexual hypocrisy yep. and sexual limitation mm -hmm. and people wanted to free things up. But as usual with people, especially with mass movements, the pendulum swung too far from restriction and oppression yep. to a sort of free-for-all where anything goes, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Come the 1980s, two decades later, and you ended up with the spectre of AIDS mm. and HIV yes. and all of a sudden restriction oppression had to happen again because for a long time people mm. didn't know whether they would actually die as a result of having sex. Now, 20 years <laughs> on from that, we are for more comfortable about HIV because we know what it is, we know how mm. to stop it at the end unless you are actually reckless or have a self-destructive streak mm. or just incredibly unlucky you're not likely to get an HIV infection. Mm. And there's ways of dealing with And there's with ways of dealing anyway. with that. Yes. Nevertheless, the point about sexual etiquette being is about boundaries. It's about respecting where somebody mm -hmm. else is, respecting that someone else is a different person to you, has a different way of being in the world, has a different way of relating to the yep. world. So etiquette is about um, smoothing the potential for social mismatches. Mm -hmm. 
And there's definitely likely to be those in a sexual encounter. Yes. And in the lead up. You are actually going to be dealing with this subject as part of your um, Bali retreat. Aren't you? Oh, yes. Yes. So um, my Bali retreat is full, which is very exciting, being my first um, international retreat. So from next Tuesday onwards for five days, I'm going to be working with 10 couples. Um, helping them to become closer, deeper, have more beautiful, more meaningful, more satisfying lovemaking. And yes, definitely part of that is about exactly what you were describing etiquette as, which is about respect and about being able to, you know, deal with boundaries, being able to express what your boundaries are, being able to hear what the partners are and being able to negotiate around that. And if you choose to start pushing them to be able to do that in a safe and mutually respectful way. Another thing that people need to understand is that etiquette doesn't necessarily mean formality. It's simply an awareness that another person has a different way of being in the world and you have to be conscious of their feelings. So this is not like, you know, cocking your little finger when you drink a cup of tea and eat your your cucumber sandwiches and talk like this because it's also proper. No, it's not about be it's not necessarily about being proper. It's about mm. be it's about simply being cognizant that what is real and okay for you might not be okay for somebody else. Mm. But it's more about respecting feelings than anything else, I think. Mm-hmm. Etiquette. It's simply a a, a, a number of approaches that people use in their social encounters and and what is sex if not a social encounter Mm. uh, in order to minimise the possibility of misunderstandings as well. Yes, and I think we need to stress that etiquette is a two-way thing. It's not just about you being respectful of the other person, but it's also about you being strong enough and confident enough within yourself to express what is right for you in a way that the other person can can hear and relate to. All right. So let's go let's let's talk about some specific aspects of sexual sexuality. I mm. mean I would say the first even before you enter into a sexual encounter with anyone mm. because a lot of this is going to be we're talking about people leading into sex doing the sex and after yes. the sex. Yes. But I think even just in an ordinary social context one of the big um rudenesses, because Mm. rudeness is the opposite of etiquette, is presumption of sexuality. Yes. Even in today's world where Mm -hmm. we are more accustomed to the idea that not everybody is heterosexual Mm -hmm. or even sexual at all, people make assumptions about another person's sexuality that might not be true. Yes. So the first thing you do is you don't make assumptions. No. No, actually I learned that in um, in my practice as a sex therapist very early on. Um, that you you can't make any assumptions whatsoever and there's no sense of normal or, you know, the number of people who come to me and they sort of say, well, you know, being a man or being a woman or being of a certain age or, and they look at me as though I'm going to be complicit in what they're saying or feeling. Oh, my God, we've got a very loud plane going overhead. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, And you can't do that. Because if there's one thing when it comes to sexuality, because it's such a personal thing, it's just like assuming that you know that someone's going to like the same food taste as you. And we know that that's absurd. Mm. I mean, yes, there's lots of things that most people like, but not everything. Sure. Mm. And, but, and this is where the use of gender-neutral pronouns comes in handily. Mm. By that I mean simply that when you're talking about people, you don't assume that they, if they're 
male, you don't assume that they have a female partner. If they're female, you don't assume that they have a male partner, etc., etc. Yes, or that they just have one partner. Or, or, or that they have a partner married. at all. Or anything. Yes. No assumptions. No assumptions. Or that they look a certain way, so therefore they must be something. Or, or they other. speak a certain way, therefore they must be. Yeah. Therefore, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So a lot of etiquette is also about avoiding what is known in psychology as projection. Mm-hmm. You're, you you do not assume just because you have thoughts going on in your head that those thoughts are going to be automatically correct. They might be, but they're not. Mm. And then that leads us to this whole terrible problem, which is one of the biggest issues I have to deal with, is the assumption of mind reading. (laughs) And that's usually a projection of some kind. For example? Oh, well, particularly in existing couples, right, where where people just assume that the other person is thinking something that they think they should be thinking or probably are thinking Mm -hmm. without actually asking. And, and etiquette is not about assuming that the other person is thinking or wanting a particular thing, but it's about clarifying it in a way. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I guess, though, that there's certain things that are just naturally polite things to do, like certain ways of relating to the person. But in terms of content, you can't assume anything. Yes, for example, it, it's, it's, often, it's often sometimes it's easier to understand something by understanding the opposite of it. I mean, the opposite of sexual etiquette is rape. Yes. Which is a complete violation of boundaries. It's the imposing of a person's will. It doesn't even and have power. to go as far as. No, actual. but I'm just. Yeah, I know, but I'm just talking about mm. like the polar opposite. If you can't, you can imagine the mm. most opposite to thing that etiquette. So just think backwards from that. Okay. Mm. Rape is a violation of boundaries, mm-hmm. it's a violation of another person's autonomy, blah, blah, blah. So mm. you just go to the other extreme. Okay, mm. fine. Politeness, therefore, is a respect of people's boundaries and mm. understanding of where they're coming from and who they are, etc., etc. Yes, yes. But I think it is important to mention just on that topic that the opposite of sexual etiquette is not rape. It's, 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 a, it's an imposition on someone in a way that's not wanted. Yes, it doesn't have to go as far as rape. Oh, no. But I mean, so women in particular, I think, are subjected to this so much throughout their lives where they get unwanted sexual attention, disrespectful sexual attention. All right. As a woman, what mm. do you consider to be respectful sexual attention? Well, it's one that's, yeah, that's polite. Well, let me look at the negative again. When you're driving along and you see these billboards full of beautiful women, yeah, they're all young with big tits and blah, blah, blah. You know, to me, that is poor sexual etiquette. That is an imposition. And what it does is it makes women feel that they're inadequate as but people. We can't do much about No, that. I know. I know. I'm just saying. To me, that's a really good example that our society doesn't doesn't understand sexual etiquette. Yes. So, one could also say that another aspect of sexual etiquette would be uh, an a willingness to, um, an unwillingness to understand that uh, things, things that make people feel bad. Well, you know, it's about realness, I think, to some extent. Okay. Because a lot of the advertising and so forth is actually unreal. It is hip- hypocr- hypocritical. Okay. Right? Because it sort of presents a view of sexuality and so forth, which is so artificial that it doesn't actually relate to most people. All right. On a social level? Mm. Though, let's go into some specifics. Mm. The ini- the approach. Mm. What's the polite way to approach a potential sexual encounter? Well, it depends whether we're talking about a new partner or any, an existing partner, but let's look at an existing partner. I'm always amazed at how many people come to me and the, um, the guy, if he's the one with the higher sexual desire, 
thinks that nudge, nudging his partner's <laughs> his partner is enough to get her in the mood and interested in having sex. You mean an elbow nudge to the ribs? Oh, yesterday, yet again, I had this young woman, married woman coming to me thinking that she was not sexual. What was wrong with her? She needs to find her libido and the way that they were going into sex was they'd get into bed exhausted at the end of the night and he would literally nudge her with his elbow. Okay. <laughs> I, just get, I just get so stunned when I hear stuff like that. <laughs> I think that would be a really good example of how not to go about it. Which leads us to the idea that, in fact, polite, a polite approach is actually more sexy. Much sexier. So give us, give our listeners an example of a of another way of initiating. I mean, we could be preaching to the converted. Everybody listening might be saying, "Oh well, God, it could be so. It's so obvious." Well, probably most of that. our listeners would would not do that. But it's more likely just the like even the assumption that you know once you're in bed and you're naked, then there is an opportunity for sex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So take it out. Take it before you even get to the bedroom. Start sort of the, the negotiation around sexuality before you even get to the bedroom. So then you've got time for you know, some of the anticipation to happen and some of the preparation and giving, you know, giving each other time to sort of kind of feel, their, feel your way into it. Like in so many things, especially yeah. with an existing sexual partner, it's mm. about saying, well, you know, how would you like me to approach? You know? mm. And then... The, it's really up to the other person to communicate that, mm-hmm. not to say, well, you're supposed to know. And I get that so much too, like, especially from women. Yeah, that, yes, Why exactly. should I have to tell him? He should just know. Well, no. Why should he know? Why should he know? How, how is he going to know? Yes. What, are you all women? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that particular woman all women? No, that particular – and that's a denial of that own woman's – Individuality. Yes. And it's also very rude of her yes. to assume Absolutely. that other women are like her. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we have another plane. <laughs> I'm going to close the window. Yes. yes. For, for the benefit of our listeners out there, we actually, the Tantric Lounge is actually a loft, unfortunately, <laughs> because Sydney has this, it has, is one of the few cities in the world that has an airport right in the middle of it. <laughs> it can get really difficult sometimes. Anyway. Okay. Enough about this. I'm back. Yes. I'm back. Sexual etiquette. Right. Sexual etiquette. Yes. So that's that thing about it being a two-way thing, that it's equally as rude to assume that someone should know what to do as it is to impose your own particular views or desires on someone without respecting what theirs are. Yes. So another thing is that people can do when somebody is obviously trying to make things nicer yes is to say i acknowledge that you're trying to make things nicer and you know what mm. okay maybe somewhere in my head i have this belief that you ought to be this wonderful intuitive entirely emotionally intelligent mind reader mm-hmm. that that knows exactly what i want and when i will want it in that actual instant yes will be able to read my most subtle cues Assuming because what I'm feeling is that's another thing that people don't realise. Mm. They might be feeling stuff. They might, be, they might not be showing it. Mm-hmm. Just yes. because I'm feeling something doesn't mean that I'm showing it. Yes. And if I think that I'm showing it and you think that somebody else isn't reading you, you think it's their problem. <laughs> Which all gets very, very confusing. Yes. So don't assume that mm. what you're feeling is what you're showing. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that what you're showing is being read. Yes. 
sometimes you have to be really blatant. Yes. And if you're not getting the cues back that you're wanting to get back, then don't assume that your partner is an idiot. Look to yourself and express yourself. And to do it in a, can we use the term, it sounds a little bit old-fashioned, but graciously. Yes, because a lot about etiquette is about being gracious. It's mm. about be, it's, And it's about being dignified. Yes. And that's also really out of fashion. It because is. somehow dignity and graciousness is supposed to, to be inauthentic. Oh. And this, and this, I think, is also a carryover from the sixties and seventies, mm. and where, where where there were people who where, where there was this movement in psychology of, of authenticity, mm. where a whole bunch of Californians—not that we don't like Californians—but it just Lovely seems people. to be the yeah. cliche, right? <laughs> got got into like groups where the only authentic emotion was anger. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. There was a lot of that, so yeah. there's all but of that. But also just like the whole like let's just like let it all hang out and, you know, man yeah. sort of Where, thing. Whereas etiquette is also about structure mm-hmm. but finding freedom within that structure. Yes. That freedom does not mean pitching a tent in the middle of the open and hoping that the hurricanes will blow you away. It's about building a lovely house in which there's a lovely f- fire going on where people can feel comfy and cosy. We have one of your analogies. We have another, yes. And I didn't that, quite get it, though. Can you explain a little more? What after, has a tent in a hurricane got to yeah, do? Yeah, no, no, no preparation oh, or see, minimum no preparation, no yes. minimal structure mm-hmm. in, a, in a potentially difficult encounter, mm-hmm. a particularly difficult environment, yes. whereas it actually pays to do your homework and build something really solid. Yes. And with that analogy, I'll let mm. people nut that out in their heads right. <laughs> while we go to a break. Oh, we have to break already. Yes. God, it always goes so quickly, doesn't it? It does. The first 13 minutes. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge. You're here with Jacqueline Hellier and Xavier Watercane, and today we are talking about sexual etiquette. Yes, and a lot of problems with sexual etiquette is that people don't normally think of sex and etiquette in the same sentence. Mm. They Because sexuality often um, involves two naked bodies doing very animalistic things, mm. it's quite the opposite of what we normally associate with etiquette as being, oh, we choose the right fork for the right. <laughs> yes, being proper and proper, formal. Proper, being for, and, and formal. Yes. So mm. one of the things that people have to get out of their heads is this idea that sex and etiquette are mm. divert, opposites. They're, they're not at all. Well, I guess too, like we were talking about in the first section then, that part of etiquette is about being dignified and, and gracious, graceful and so forth and gracious and the idea of, how, well, how can you do that when you're naked and sweaty and <laughs> being ravished or, you know, Sucking someone's cock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you do that in a way that's you know gracious and dignified and and all of that? Because in the grace and the dignity isn't mm. in the act; it's in the respect of the other person's yes. space. Yes. Once again, it's not about the doing; it's about the being. And you can suck someone's cock graciously, or you can do it in non-gracious way. If you're doing it in the oh god, I better do it to shut him up. Yeah, that that's that's not etiquette. That's it's not like, gracious. And it's actually rude. It, well, it's rude because it's actually disrespectful. In fact, it's disrespectful to yourself as well as while you're on the subject partner. of cock sucking, I would yes. actually also say to the, all the women out there, one yep. of the rudest things that a woman can do is assume that the general the the, the cock and balls are the only mm. erogenous part of a male body. Absolutely, I would agree completely. A lot of women make that assumption. It's mm. totally incorrect. Yes, and it's rude for for of women to think so. Mm. So there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, a lot I'm of not going to go there. A lot I'm of just the, wondering uh, where that came. A lot, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the um, problems that people have around um, 
sexual uh, talking about sexuality is actually mm. fear of rejection. Yes. And the reason that people are re- fear rejection is because so often people reject in a very rude way. Yes. And this is like totally self-defeating. Because yes. if you reject in a rude way, mm-hmm. often some people are driven to rudeness mm-hmm. because people are insistent and you've said no. Yes. And no does not mean and people try think harder. That, yeah, it, doesn't try harder. <laughs> it actually means no. Yeah. And you actually have to resort to rudeness to take mm. get get the fuck out of my face. Yes. But but in fact, so in other words, mm. another point of rudeness is when somebody means no, they generally mean no mm. the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there's ways of saying no that make the person who's making the uh, the offer or the initiation feel feel fine about it. Give me an example. Well, there's a difference between, you know, say one person says to another, you know. Hey, baby. Hey, baby, how about it tonight? And going, oh, Jesus, will you just give it a rest? Can't you see I'm tired? Bloody hell, you know. <laughs> that's so awesome. What's aus- wrong that, with that, you? Yes, that's a lovely Australian way of going, go to hell, go to hell, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we could probably do a few different accents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, you must be joking. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Not tonight. I have a headache. <laughs> In fact, I have a whole body ache. Yeah, and you're causing it. <laughs> oh, I can't right. do New York. No, that's all right. I'm that's really right. bad at American accents. That's I can do English ones quite well. That's okay. Um, you must be joking. Not tonight. It's croquet night or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway. But that's going to make the person feel bad. Whereas yes. if you were to respond with like, hmm, well, you know, thank you. Yes. Like to actually Thank see you your partner's desire as a positive thing. Mm. However, I'm not feeling it right now. But, you know, maybe we could have a nice cuddle instead or, look, you know, I appreciate it, but really we're just so busy at the moment and blah, oh, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that leads me to another thing that mm. men do often. They mm-hmm. think that sex is, there's been an argument that mm-hmm. sex will make it better. Oh, the makeup sex. The makeup thing. sex thing. Yes. Whereas a lot of women think that no, I actually have to make up before I can feel good enough to have sex with you. Yes, although there are some couples who get a lot of energy out of. Yeah, like they use the energy of anger to to fuel their sexuality, and that is not a very good way of of, of getting to sex, and it's certainly not what I would be encouraging. The other thing about sex is that it's full of all sorts of funny noises and <laughs> and, and and fluids and it's wet. Yes. Um, there are a lot of embarrassing moments during sex like mm. farting and fanny farts and yes. sitting on cocks at inappropriate yeah. clumsy times, etc., etc. Yes, there are ways yes. of being polite Legs about that. getting in the right, to, wrong spot as you try to move from one like, to another. Walk us through so to speak, walk us, walk us through <laughs> how, so. how to deal with these embarrassing <laughs> moments as they come up. All right. Well, <clears throat> again, it's that idea of being respectful, okay, so none, no rudeness, no sort of, oh, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot, you know, can't you, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's not being horribly embarrassed about it. Yeah, you can be a little bit lighthearted. Hey, I mean, hey, if you fart, you can say, oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Um, or just ignore it. I mean, sometimes politeness I think it's is more just ele- I think it's things. more ele- elegant to ignore it. Actually. Yes. Yes, quite likely. Um, but, but just to be quite light about it, not to take it too seriously, even have a bit of a giggle about it. Yeah, all of that. And yes, being- laugh with the moment, not at, at the, the person. person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's actually... 
And that's another aspect of rudeness that people don't often realize. Mm. Laughter is not necessarily personal attack. And it's actually rude on the part of the person who's being offended. Mm. <laughs> if they take offense that yes. someone's laughing. Yes, exactly. Because it's a presumption that another person is laughing out of cruelty. Mm, true. True. And that's rude. Mm. So a lot of people out there who might be thinking, I mean, it's, it's mm. a bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of people. Mm. They don't know, they, a lot of people have some part, a part of them has a victim mentality mm-hmm. and the victim mentality will come out as personal attack, mm. personal attack, personal attack. Well, no, it isn't. No. It's like, this is a funny situation. Yes. Not you're funny because you had a fanny fart. Yes, exactly. It's not an attack on you. It's just no. the humour of the situation. It is. And so many people seem to have trouble finding humour and laughter in, in the sex act. You know, I say to people, I often believe that the best type of sex is one that makes you laugh, that you just kind of have this upwelling of joy and laughter and that you have this great can't. I mean, I know that when I can't stop laughing after a great orgasm, then it's been particularly good. But for a lot of people, that's just like, well, what are you talking about? It's a bit strange. What about other things like when things go wrong, loss of Mm. erection, premature ejaculation? Yeah, some of those kind of bigger issues. Yeah. And I think it's really important, particularly for someone who um, regularly has this kind of problem, like for gentlemen who have a problem with losing erections or coming too quickly or not being able to come at all. Similarly, for women, often an issue is not being able to come. Um, Rather than turning it into a big thing, um, yeah, dealing with it gracefully and in a dignified way and also with respect to what your partner might be feeling, whether you're the one who's done it or the one who's on the receiving end. Um, A lot of men tell me that with their particular sexual dysfunction, often their partners aren't very respectful to them, right? Like if they have trouble um, maintaining an erection, like, Sometimes it blows my mind, but often they find that their partners are, are being kind of mean to them. Like what? Oh, calling them soft cock, you know, as though in some way that's going to make them feel better about themselves and initiate a, a nice, strong erection. Yes, it doesn't make much sense, does it? No. Or if, or if the partner comes too quickly, repeatedly, the woman, you know, even if she's trying to be nice about it and just saying, oh, you know, that's okay, it doesn't matter, I'm okay with that, well, that's actually not being polite because it's not true. I mean, unless it is true. But if it's not true, then you're much better off to be able to talk about it and come up with some way of, of working with the fact that he's come but you want to continue making love, having sex. So <laughs> what are your options? Yes, what are your options? Well, you don't need to have an erect penis to have good sex, that's for sure. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> this is this focus on the poor penis, like the erect penis. I had a new couple just last night who, you know, it was all about the fact that he keeps losing his erection all the time and the poor pressure on his penis. So I told them to go off and play without actually you know, putting penis in vagina and see what they could come up with. <laughs> so so to speak. So we'll not come up with that. Yeah. Not yeah. The guy was so relieved. But the woman kind of it took her a while to even get her head around what I was talking about. She goes, what do, you, what do you mean? Have sex without a penis, without an erection? I said, well, lesbians do it all the time. <laughs> she goes, oh, okay. Right. Anyway, so I, then, then I had to actually be a little bit more descriptive about the kind of things that they could do. Hmm. Yes. The 
Another really big point, especially in this day and age, mm. and we did mention HIV earlier, mm. is condom etiquette. Ah, yes, yes, the big C question. The how do you C. bring that one in? And too many women tell me that they don't use condoms because they're not quite sure how to, you know, bring it up, so to speak. Or people tell me that it just interrupts the flow of the activity and, you know, it's just awkward and it's embarrassing or whatever it happens to be. So it's easier not to. So a few things are make sure that you work it into the um, sexual encounter. Yeah. Be playful about it. Be honest about it. It's kind of like condom time. You know, we're having a nice time here. Condom time. And you both go, oh, yeah, I think that's condom time. Okay, who's putting it on, right? So you have it close at hand so it's easy to get to and you do it as part of your lovemaking rather than him sort of turning away for a minute and sort of fumbling and blah, blah, blah and then coming back into it while she's sitting there, you know, la, da, 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 da. Get her to put the condom on. In fact, she can put it on with her mouth. One of my videos on my YouTube channel shows you shows women how to put a condom on with their mouth. And this is a, one of these cases where rehearsal is your best friend because if you do this in rehearsal mm. with your partner, without your partner, mm. probably without your partner. You'll practice with a carrot. Practice with a carrot, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Just get it right. Yeah. Get it to the point where you really feel comfortable, comfortable and confident mm-hmm. about it and mm. then and then when it actually comes to the thing, mm-hmm. the actual deed itself, yes, it'll be a much smoother transition, so to speak. Well, yes, and it's actually easier to get a condom on a real penis than it is on a carrot with your mouth. Really? Yeah, because once you've got it over the head of the penis, it's just it's not going to come off. It's just easy to slide it on. Whereas with a carrot, because of the shape, it can come off again. Yes. But, yes, that's particularly true if you're going to be encountering new partners, yeah, but if it's your current partner and you know each other well, <laughs> you can just go straight to practicing on him because you can have a little bit of fun and a giggle about it. We earlier mentioned sexual etiquette within an established partnership. We mm. haven't really touched on with new partners. Mm. So, how do you what what would you recommend tips and tricks for initiating a sexual encounter with somebody new that maintains etiquette and politeness? Yeah, well, being quite open about it, being quite graceful, being quite sexy and cheeky about it. Mm-hmm. So that in a way it sort of becomes a little bit like a dance, right? So there's no assumptions. There's no um, feeling like you have to succumb to the other person in some way or run away. You know, it's one thing that I find often with women, they seem to think that they either have to go along with what the guy wants or that they have to run away from it. And this concept that you can actually kind of work with it and negotiate it and that you can do that in really quite a sexy and alluring way is quite foreign, right? But if you come together and, you know, whether you're picking each other up in a bar or you've had a few dates and you're sort of, you know, kind of suggesting that, you know, you come home or you're suggesting it, is that you do it in a way that is respectful of your partner, respectful of yourself. And gives them an, an, an elegant outie. If need be, Yes. Yes. So, so, so specifically, how would you? What sort of wording would you use? Well, it depends so much on the encounter sure. and and the location and so forth. In which case, scriptwriters are your best friends because there are a lot of examples in movies of <laughs> yeah. people doing this in a really elegant way. Yes, yes, it's elegant. 
And, you know, it depends where or what type of person you are, whether you're quite cerebral or whatever, you know, there might be wit and so forth involved. There doesn't have to be. I mean, you and I are quite cerebral type people. So for us, it would might be quite a different encounter if we were kind of like sport jocks, for instance. Mm. But having said that, probably most of our listeners are of the more cerebral type. Mm. Yeah. And so you can put in a little bit of wit and allure and suggestion and then you can be quite clever in the way that you respond with a yes or the no or the maybe or how about we do it this way or mm, maybe if you're a little bit more enticing or what's in it for me mm. without being attached. I guess the other part of this too is without being too attached to what the outcome is. In which case this is, this is a great time to practice another dying art, which is mm. the art of flirting. Well, that's a lot of what it's about actually. Quality, quality flirting is actually sexual etiquette. I have heard that some people don't know how to flirt. In fact, they don't even know what the word means. I mean, the, the, for those of you who don't know what the word means, it means being able to be sexual without, without being attached to an outcome. That's a nice way of looking at it. And in fact, one of the easiest ways of flirting is simply to think about sex while carrying on your normal activity. <laughs> Because people think that it has to be put on, whereas if you think about mm. sex and you think about having sex, with, especially with a particular person, mm-hmm. while doing something totally normal, mm. for example, you are at a party and you're simply having a conversation about work or dinner or, or, some, or, or food, etc., etc., mm. but you're thinking about sex, especially with that person that you're flirting with, while you're doing it, mm. flirting comes out naturally. Yes. Your body will naturally respond mm. to the thoughts, your sexual thoughts in your head. Mm. And if they're on the same wavelength, they mm. will respond in kind. Mm. And you can, and it's actually, a sort, flirting is almost like virtual sex in that it's going on between two people mm-hmm. without there actually being any genital contact at all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't even, I believe... Um, to take that concept further, have to be a really overt thinking about it. Like the more you get embodied in yourself with your sexuality, so it's sort of like the sexual energy is just kind of flowing through you all the time, mm. then again too that will sort of emanate out when you're relating to someone. And if you're particularly interested in a particular person, it will come out even more strongly. The trap here is believing that the flirtation is automatically a lead-up to sex. They're actually quite different things. Flirting is simply like a dress rehearsal that doesn't necessarily need to lead to a performance. Well, interesting you say this because um, this is something that I'm often talking to people about and and people's idea about, you know, what monogamy is and so forth and couples getting upset because someone was, you know, the partner was flirting with someone else and so forth. Rather than actually seeing it as that flirting is actually, we should have done a whole show on flirting. That flirting, we, we could, yeah. That flirting is actually about, yeah, people sharing a sexual energy that, as you say, doesn't require any touching or anything, but it actually enhances you and feeds it back into you. Then you can go and take that away to your partner right? As long as the, the intention in the flirting or that sharing of that sexual energy with someone is not that, particularly if you are partnered in a monogamous relationship, that you're not going to, you know, have sex with that person, but you're just going to have this kind of lovely kind of energetic encounter with someone. And it goes back to a, a, a common theme that we re- return to again and again in mm. these programs is mm. that it's not about the doing, it's about the being. Yeah. If your intention in the flirting is simply to stoke your own sexual fire so that mm-hmm. you can then go away from the flirting with whoever it is mm. and bring that into your monogamous relationship, mm. that's great. Mm. That's a different sort of flirting from flirting for seduction. Absolutely, yes. I because the, de- because mm. the intention is different. Mm. Nevertheless, 
less, but in both cases, it's a very effective way mm. of practicing sexual etiquette mm. because the boundaries in flirting are so are well defined. Mm. We're just playing this game. We're just dancing. Mm. We're not going mm. anywhere with this. And you're actually giving each other a chance to sort of tap into something that's more than just the words because a lot of etiquette is about like the feeling behind it as well. And, you know, a lot of what we talk about on this show is becoming more tuned to subtle energies and subtlety and so forth. And when you can, so if you're comfortable in yourself so that you're being respectful for yourself, you can open yourself up to an extent and then really feel the other person. Uh, rather than sort of being closed off and trying to stick to rules. Well, a young man that I've been working with for some time now who, who, yeah, oh, do we need to go to a break? <laughs> well, you could have done that more elegantly. I didn't do that you very didn't elegantly. elegantly. Well, I was just going to give everyone this lovely story, but we'll have the, to wait. We'll have to wait after, after the break. The break. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge, brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Lelo, L-E-L-O, and you can find their wonderful products online. Well, we're going to talk about their wonderful products in a moment, but let me finish my story. Oh, okay. Yes. It's actually not all that interesting a story, but it is relevant because what I was talking about was a young man who um, had been very much a bit of a player, like he thought that picking up girls was, was a real game and so forth. So he actually went into every encounter quite closed off with his kind of list of things, approaches and way he's going to do it, um, generally to not much success or if it was successful, it's with the kind of woman who responded to that, that sort of thing. So she was kind of equally into game playing and not open it. So he's been doing this one, oh, he's been on this wonderful journey where he's opening himself up and learning tantra and breath and meditate completely changing and now when he he was actually describing to me when he encounters a woman now is that he does it with a lovely openness yeah it's kind of like there's no need the structure's on the inside Uh yeah so he can actually feel much more about what's going on he's being much more real and and authentic and therefore can be much more respectful and in tune with where the girl is that he's you know trying to pick up or get to know in fact it's not he doesn't even use terms like pick up anymore yeah, mm. it's just about meeting and relating and then, you know, if it feels right, taking it from there. Mm. And an awareness of, of sexual etiquette does lead to confidence. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. a lot of the problems, a lot of people's problems with confidence is how do I go about this? How do I go about this? Mm. You go about it mm. by being aware of what another person might be feeling and checking them in, mm. checking in with them. Yes, and that's what a lot of the work I do with men is all about. In fact, I need to do a little plug for the shortly to be released Black Belt in the Bedroom online program, mm-hmm. which hopefully will be out in about two weeks' time. And basically what I've done is I've converted my Black Belt in the Bedroom workshop into a four-week online program um, so that men all over the world can get the wisdom and get into practice. Like everything I do, it's theoretical and practical as well. And how do they access the online program? It's going to be through the website uh, www.blackbeltinthebedroom.com. Black Belt in the Bedroom. Yes. Dot com. But also through the tantriclounge.com. In fact, I'm doing all sorts of exciting things at the moment, which is why we're going to have a bit of a break at the end of this season because I'm developing a lot more online pro- um, product and a lot more product that people can actually access since I'm only me and there's only so much I can do one-on-one or in person. So I'm making a lot more product available. I mean, at the moment, people can buy you know, some of my books and eBooks and so forth, which is really good, and I recommend that you do that. Uh, also, I'll be shortly releasing my next book for women called Seven Sex Goddesses. 
sexual re-liberation for the modern woman, that too will be available from my websites very shortly as well. So, just thought I'd do a bit of a plug for me. Sure, and while we're doing plugs, let's talk about Lalo. Let's plug Lalo as let's well. Let's plug Lalo as well. Go to the lelo.com, Lalo. Mm. Um, take the opportunity while you're on the Lalo website to practice sexual etiquette as well because mm. don't assume that what an object or a, or a device or mm-hmm. a piece of lingerie or any sexual aid that you might find on the web, like that, just mm-hmm. because it works for you does not necessarily mean it will work for your partner. Yes, and it could be a lot of fun and good practice as well for the two of you, for example, to go online and look at the different products and have a nice kind of little discussion, practice being a little bit flirty and enticing while being respectful, yeah, um, about what you might do with the different products. Hmm. Do you like the look of that hmm. or not? Is that the right colour? Yes. Is that the right shape? Yes. Is that do the right texture? Do we want something for that orifice or not? Hmm. Yeah, how do we feel about, you know, blindfolds, whips, ticklers? Yeah, it's a good way for a couple to practice, you know, that that respect in an enticing, sexy way because that's what sexual etiquette is about. It has to be sexy. That's why in the 60s, I imagine, it sort of etiquette got tossed out in the window because it wasn't seen as being sexy, right? But having, you know, politeness and structure in the way that you relate to someone can be extraordinarily sexy. In fact, it can be sexier. We have questions. Yay. Philip asks, we got to a stage in our relationship where I was so reluctant to initiate for fear of rejection that I stopped and nothing much ever happened. We're back on track now, in part thanks to your shows, and I feel more confident and I guess you'd say more chivalrous. Mm. This ties in with what you're saying, doesn't it? Yes, I think that word chivalry is perfect for what we're talking about here, right? Because the concept of chivalry, and it's certainly one of the things I teach men in, uh, in my Black Belt in the Bedroom workshops and program is a man who is confident and he's in control and he's creative (laughs) and he's connected and i should say on behalf of men all over the world the chivalry works both ways Mm -hmm. women also need to embrace their own chivalry yes and to appreciate chivalry and be responsive to it Mm. i mean a lot of men have stopped being chivalrous because they open a door for a woman and she turns and tells them to fuck off you know don't be a sexist prick Mm. So why would you open the door for? <laughs> yes, and also, and a failure to acknowledge politeness is extremely mm. rude. I often, will open doors or leave them open for people mm. to get through, and I don't even hear a thank you. Mm. It's like this natural assumption that I'm their unpaid doorman. Yes, and so I it just, can be that, or it can be that people see it as, as as a demeaning act. Like I can open the door myself. Thank you very much. It's, it's not the person's not doing it to imply that you can't. Yeah, a lot. Of, a, a, yeah, a lot. A lot of, a lot Everyone of, can open a door. A lot of the yeah, a lot of the rudeness that comes out in modern day life seems to be this this assumption that people do things mm. in order to diminish you. Mm. Where did that come from? Oh, it's some kind of weird victim mentality. Yeah, and and certainly, you know, as good as you know, feminism and all that was to some, and it's supposed to be empowering women, but in some ways, it's disempowered women, so that they can't actually interact with a man who is being chivalrous. It's got to be, you know, I'm all in control. I've got to be in control all the time. I've got to be completely independent all the time. So there's no sharing of energies, and there's no none of that complementarity, and that the two of us can actually create something greater than someone on their own. Hmm. And sometimes people, for example, if you're talking about doors opening, and mm. we're talking, I mean, this is in a sexual content as well, if they mm. don't say thank you, it's possibly because they're just in another space. Oh, well, there, yes, of course. Yes. But Still, I think that it's important that we mm. live in a society. Mm. We need to practice chival- uh, chivalry 
both genders seem to mm. need to practice civility and politeness and etiquette in other contexts besides the sexual context so that we can get used to the idea. Yes, definitely. Mm. But certainly, as Philip here says, that all this kind of work, adopting the whole approach that I'm you know, promoting here, which is very much a tantric approach. Awareness. Is awareness. And when you become more involved with the tantric thing, you actually will naturally become more chivalrous because you do get that innate confidence and politeness leads to confidence confidence doesn't necessarily lead to politeness it can lead to arrogance and we don't want that we just want one when a man or a woman is feeling confident in their own skin they're feeling centered then they will naturally relate to their partner and they're just this beautiful respectful and can be very very sexy way Danny asks mm. when I think back to my youth and the dreadful approaches I met I'm so glad that I've got older I've Gauged with maturity and a far greater ability to relate to my sexual partners. It turns sex into lovemaking with a wonderful equality and complementarity. That's mm. nice. Well, yes, and that's actually very much aligned with what we were just talking about. Like, etiquette um, and chivalry is not about you demeaning the other person by being polite to them. It's actually respecting them as an equal, but also looking at the complementarity. And so much of what we're talking about here is the yin and the yang or the masculine and the feminine or however it's manifesting, the leading, the following, yeah? And and that is, it's equal and it's complementary. It's equal, but it's not the same. It's equal and complementary. I think one of the m- many deficiencies in our educational system, mm. but not just the formal schooling educational system, but also our social educational system within lang- within families mm. is that we don't teach etiquette anymore and mm. we don't teach definitely not teach uh, sexual etiquette yeah yes you don't learn that and you know, poor poor danny i mean i guess we can all think back to when we were young and did some dreadful kind of embarrassing clumsy things sexually um and may or may not have handled those situations well um, and unfortunately, sometimes those sorts of things can cause trauma to either to that person or to their partner. A lot of what I hear in my clinic, uh, my clinical practice is early experiences gone wrong. Mm. And if there'd been a better awareness about, you know, respect and how to communicate and how to be dignified, <laughs> then those would not have been quite so traumatic. I would also say that um, etiquette isn't something that you you practice on the external world. You actually also practice it within yourself. Mm -hmm. So flagellating yourself, punishing yourself, diminishing yourself because of your past errors isn't particularly polite to yourself. No, definitely not. So something else I would generally advise people to Mm. do is to be forgiving of themselves and say, Mm. well, you know, I wasn't perfect. If I'd known better, I would have done better. Yes. I didn't know better, so therefore... By definition, I didn't do better. So now I know better, I Mm. think, so Mm. I will do better. And as you progress through life, you learn more, hopefully. Yes. You get better, hopefully. Yes. And you forgive yourself for your past because Mm. punishing yourself over something Mm. when you were 18 and you didn't know Mm. any better is really not particularly productive. No, no. And working through lingering hurts and traumas that may be deep in there, looking at them, addressing them. Yeah, coming to terms with them and being able to be okay with them. Yeah, be respectful to yourself as yeah. well, uh, while you're being respectful to everybody else. Mm. Cecilia points out, I used to think that I had to either submit to a man or run away. Now I've learned to negotiate and that negotiation can be polite and respectful and sexy. It's changed the whole terrain of sex. Mm. So we're looking at sex, 
politeness and sexiness as well, that mm. it is possible to be polite and sexy at the same time. Oh, absolutely. You know, and one of the things that I'm teaching people through the tantric approach, and with men in particular, um, yes, because men can often have a very kind of intense sexual drive and it can come across too intense for the woman to be able to pull back pull back and to be able to hold the space to be able to contain their sexual drive and actually use it to give them energy in a way that will contain them and invite draw their woman in and it when a man gets the hang of that he becomes so much sexier because the energy is not coming out in an intense directed way but it's a more of an enticing alluring sort of a space you know think james bond yeah very, very sex. I mean, I know he's just a made-up character, but he's incredibly sexy and incredibly kind of contained. He draws the women in, yeah? Richard says, this is food for thought. I've taken on board all your previous advice and I'm slowly changing my attitude and approach to sex. I would have thought that etiquette was contrary to the open and real approach that you advocate, but I guess you're not talking about Victorian-style stiff upper lips type etiquette. Mm. No. No, we're, talking, we're not talking about hypocrisy. No. <laughs> we're not talking about restriction. We're yes. talking about simple consideration. Mm. Key word here that we mm. haven't mentioned in the program before. Just be considerate. Yes. I'm a person. I have a reality. You're a person. You have a reality. This is what I would like. Yes. This is how I would like to feel. And this is the things that I think will make me feel this way. Mm-hmm. What's that like for you? Yeah. <laughs> And it might sound really self-conscious and clumsy in the beginning, mm. but you need to go through that self-conscious and clumsy stage first yes. <laughs> yeah. because it might not be natural and, and you don't assume that you know it all. Mm. People have to accept on their sexual journey as long, along with every other journey, whether it's spiritual journey, educational journey, social journey, whatever it is, mm. that they are going to be clumsy and awkward in the beginning. Deal with it. Well, yes, and also at various stages on the way. Yes. Right? Uh, you know, I work a lot with couples who have been together for a long time and the sex has kind of dropped off or waned or one's lost interest or something. So at that point when they realise that they're at that point, then they need to make some shifts as well. And a lot of that is actually about being more authentic and more respectful and learning how to communicate what's real in a respectful, polite way. So often people have to learn sexual etiquette further into their relationship as well. Yes, and the assertion can be polite. Yes. I can assertively say, yeah. like, right now, we've run out of time again. Have we run out of time? We have run out of time. Oh, my In gosh. fact, we've run out of time for the whole season. So this is the end of uh, season two this is of the, end the of Tantric season. Lounge. We have done 26 episodes. Altogether, so we've had 26 episodes. So, listeners, if you're new to the show, please go back and listen to them again. You can um, subscribe to them on iTunes as well, the Tantric Lounge. Podcast. It's free. That's free. Yes. So we're going to have a bit of a break because we're developing a whole heap of new and exciting stuff for you. I'm not sure when we'll be back. We don't have a date just yet, but I think we'll be replaying some of our older shows in the meantime for those of you who are live listeners. I mean, there's plenty of this stuff there. It's like... There's a lot <laughs> there's of stuff, stuff there. There's so much stuff there. And please, I invite everyone to come to my website, thetantriclounge.com. And peruse and browse. There's blog, there's podcasts, there's ebooks, there's books. I've got to wind this up because I've got so much to offer. And I'd just like to publicly thank Xavier for being such a fabulous co-host and for making the show as wonderful as it is. It's in, it's been a pleasure. Indeed. For both of us. It has been a pleasure. <laughs> and what is Tantra if nothing but the power of pleasure? And on that note. Farewell. For the moment. 